0: You're listening to Preaching Source, a ministry of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's School of Preaching. I'm your host, Professor Barry McCarty. Our guest on Preaching Source today is going to talk to us about preaching trends in the Southern Baptist Convention. And that guest is Dr. Stephen Rummage. He is, uh, most recently, he has been called uh, to pastor the Quail Springs Baptist Church in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, He is the immediate past chairman of the Southern Baptist Executive Committee. And he's also uh, served as a long-term professor of preaching, and so uh, Stephen, I can't think of a better man to talk to us about preaching trends in the SVC. Welcome to Preaching. Thank you
1: so much, Doctor McCarty. I'm thankful to be here with you today, and just really look forward to our conversation.
0: All right. Well, let me start by asking how how would you characterize Southern Baptist preaching when you when somebody says Southern Baptist preaching? What do you think of?
1: I think that's a great question, and and I, it's it recognizes the fact that there is a particular Southern Baptist brand of preaching. Uh, a number of years back, uh, Dr. Al Fazel wrote a book called With a Bible in Their Hands, and, uh, and that, that's a very short book, but it's, a, it's a, an overview of the history of Southern Baptist preaching in particular. And he talks about different aspects of Southern Baptist preaching across the years. But the title of that book itself really gets at a, a big part of what Baptist preaching has been, and that is with a bible in their hands now we know that baptist preaching southern baptist preaching has not always been as as expository as it could be or as we'd like it to be but i would say that southern baptist preaching has has always sought to be biblical it's always sought to come from the bible and to say what the bible says passionate uh, southern baptist preaching is is passionate preaching it's preaching that uh, that comes not only from the text of the scripture, but from the heart of the preacher, the idea that the preacher's delivering his heart as he delivers the message, there's passion there. And then I would also say in addition, in addition to being biblical and passionate, that Southern Baptist preaching historically has been decisional. It's had in it an aspect of calling people to make a decision for Christ to to decide to trust Christ as Savior, to decide to follow Jesus in further steps of obedience, and so I see those things in preaching.
0: Would I, you know, I, when I think of it, Billy Graham comes to mind as a great paradigm mm-hmm. of that. You you just saw that always, right? The idea where preaching, the, the,
1: the, the message almost from the beginning mm-hmm. is an invitation in in Billy Graham's preaching, and I, I think that's, I think that he is influenced by. The Southern Baptist tradition, but I think even more, he has influenced the Southern Baptist tradition.
0: All right, I have a bias on this next question because okay. here at Southwestern School of, of Preaching, I mean, we are just passionately dedicated to teaching and promoting text-driven preaching. That I like to think of that as a, a really sharpened form of expository preaching. Uh, And so I hope I'm not being too hopeful or optimistic or blind about this, but I I sense that there has been a renewed interest uh, in these last few years in expository preaching across our convention. Is that your observation, or am I just being too hopeful? No,
1: I don't think you're just being hopeful. I think that we have seen, let's say in the past 30 years, an increased emphasis On expository preaching. And I think that we have gone from the place where people where more and more preachers were simply calling themselves expository preachers, (laughs) whether they were actually doing it or not sometimes was a question. But certainly there there came a time when preachers in in our in our Southern Baptist context wanted to be expositors. Uh, that, That was what they were trying to be, that was what they were intending to be. And I think we've moved even beyond that. To the point that there is more and more actual exposition and text-based preaching going on in the pulpits of Southern Baptist churches. I think that's happened as a result of the emphasis of our seminaries and uh, what's being taught. I think that we've had some good models that have been very, who have been very influential uh, for us, and uh, and I think that that has become more and more of a reality in Southern Baptist life, at least. Uh, and I'll, I'll join with you. I would say at least that is my hope, but I think it's a hope that has some basis, some real basis in what's happening.
0: In the last quarter of the 20th century there, that was a period of time when Baptists had to settle the issue of the inerrancy of Scripture, and, and that was a predominant theme in a lot of Southern Baptist preaching at that time. Uh, having settled that issue, uh, what, what's the next big thing that Southern Baptists need to address? That is there something that looms large like that battle for the Bible?
1: Well, I think coming out of the doctrine of the inerrancy of Scripture and a commitment and conviction about the inerrancy of Scripture is also a commitment and a conviction about the sufficiency of Scripture in every arena of life for those who follow Christ and to say that Scripture is sufficient for, for preaching, that, that gets at our, our discussion today. You know, why do we preach expositionally? Because we believe that Scripture is sufficient for preaching, that the best thing for the pastor to do when he stands before his congregation is not to say what he thinks or to provide a running commentary on what's happening in the culture, but instead to open up the Scripture, to show what is there, to show how it bears upon the lives of those who hear. So there's uh, an increased emphasis in the sufficiency of Scripture, not only for preaching, but also for living. And I think a lot of the the things that we're, we find ourselves wrestling with today uh, in the evangelical world and in the Southern Baptist world is getting at that question, how do we live out what Scripture teaches in terms of the way we relate to our culture? in terms of the way we stand for and stand with those who are mistreated, in terms of the way we order our morals and our ethics and all of those things. So the sufficiency of Scripture flows from the inerrancy of Scripture, and then it, it gets teased out into you know, every different area of our lives. And so if you think about it from a, a preaching standpoint, you, know, you have the exposition of the text— and then the application of the text. And I think the sufficiency comes at the place of the application of the text to life.
0: Mm. Stephen, as you have watched the development of of preaching in Southern Baptist life over the course of your ministry, this is a two-part question, and the first part is, what about the future of preaching encourages you?
1: Well, I think that more and more um, thought and attention is being given to uh, the theology of preaching and what it means from a biblical standpoint to preach, what preaching is supposed to accomplish—you can even see that in the literature. Um, when when I was doing uh, my PhD studies, uh, which now I finished my PhD twenty years ago, um, there were m- most of the books that we had on preaching were um, textbooks on the mechanics. Of preaching, even expository preaching books were mainly mechanics textbooks. Here's how you study the text, here's how you find the main idea, here's how you outline the passage, and here's how you develop the message. All of those things are very, very helpful, uh, but it seemed that in homiletics we were sort of writing those books over and over again, just how-to, how-to, how-to books. Now, as you look at the preaching literature, you see more books on theology of preaching, and specifically theology of biblical exposition, and I think that's been uh, a very encouraging thing to see. It deepens our approach to preaching, so those things are good. I think also the the idea of, of struggling with what it means to preach Christ-centered messages. I think that's a very, very healthy conversation. I know there's different Approaches to it—you know, you have the Christocentric approach, you have the Christo-iconic approach—different, different ways of of looking at it. And um, irrespective of where you wind up on those on those things, uh, or on those those approaches, I think the fact that we're trying to be Christ-centered as we present expository messages, I think that's
0: very essential, very important for preaching. Mm-hmm. What concerns you? Here's the second part. What concerns you about the future of preaching? Um,
1: in in some regards, especially in, in light of what I just uh, said, sometimes I think the the, the Christocentric uh, approaches to preaching, because the the preacher wants to find Christ in the text, sometimes he he jumps past the text and to Christ without really exposing what is in that particular text. And so the text sometimes can, with, with those approaches can become a launching pad for for where we see Christ in, in, in the text. I think every passage of Scripture is redemptive. Every passage of Scripture reveals God's redemptive character, and therefore every passage of Scripture connects to the ultimate act of God's redemption, him sending his son Jesus to die on the cross and then Uh, to raise from the dead to to give us eternal life. So, every text of Scripture is redemptive. I think sometimes trying to find Christ in every text becomes a little bit labored and sometimes maybe artificial, at least in some approaches I've seen Mm -hmm. and heard.
0: Uh, It makes me wince a little bit to say this, but there have been times in the past when Preaching was thought of as three points in a poem, mm-hmm. <laughs> but and certainly, we're we're trying to to teach preachers how to discover the structure that's in the text mm-hmm. uh, in text-driven preaching. Where where do you see the development of, of sermon structure going? And, and that's I mean we're that I see that as a teacher I see that as a still developing field. Do you have any insight into where that idea of text-driven structure is going?
1: Well, I think, you know, moving away from a simple rhetorical structure where the message is, is, is structured uh, more based on the rhetorical choices of the preacher than what's actually in the text, I think, I think that's always healthy to move toward a structure that reflects the text stru- structure. Now, you know, I, I haven't figured out how to preach a chiastic sermon, right? We know that's a a rhetorical structure that's used in the biblical literature. Um, I I have a hard time thinking about, you know, putting my main point in the middle of the message and, you know, how how that would have to work if you were truly to do a chiastic structure with a message. And I just use that as an example to say we use the, the rhetoric of the text to discover the theology of the text. We preach the theology of the text, and we preach the theology of the text with rhetorical choices that best connect with our listeners. So I believe that—and the, the, and you and I may differ on this, or we may not—but but I, I use the structure of the text in order to understand the theology that's being communicated there. And then I seek to have a sermon uh, structure that reflects and honors that text structure. It does not necessarily mirror the textual structure. I don't know if that, that makes sense or not, but that. So I think it's healthy always to aim for a, a structure that 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 honors and reflects, but not necessarily is exactly the same as the structure of the
0: text. Okay. Stephen, I was born in the middle of the 20th century, Mm -hmm. and so my life uh, has overlapped a lot of the public ministry of Billy Graham, Mm -hmm. and during my lifetime uh, earlier, uh, the voice of the preacher was one of those voices that spoke with some moral authority, Mm -hmm. certainly into the local community Mm -hmm. where the preacher lived and ministered, Mm -hmm. but in the society at large. That's no longer the case. the The preacher no longer speaks with is no longer accorded that voice of authority right, in right. many places in general culture. So, how how do how do we adapt to that? How do we address that change?
1: Well, I think one thing to recognize is as the the as the preacher becomes a less widely recognized voice of authority. That's sort of what you're saying, right? In the culture at large, the preacher's voice is less widely recognized as a voice of authority. As that happens, what we're doing is really moving closer and closer to what was happening in the church in the first century world, right? And because though, though Paul's voice spoke with great authority to believers, uh, to those who are outside of the faith, his voice, his ethos itself, did not carry with it a huge amount of authority. And yet, God used him to bring pagans and people from Judaism to faith in Jesus Christ. And that happened not because they afforded him with a huge amount of innate authority. It happened because he was preaching Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit, and God used him. And so I think that the fact that the, the preacher may have a diminished innate authority or, you know, however you want to describe it in, in the culture, his, his authority may be diminished, there is still that opportunity for him to, to come with a, a stance of humility, which, by the way, a stance of humility is always persu- almost always persuasive, right, when you come before people with a stance of humility. With a stance of dependence on the gospel, with a stance of uh, of saying this, this message is true not because of who I am, but because it comes from God who has spoken this in His Word. Uh, I think there's an opportunity to see the culture transformed more and more, and uh, and to see people come to know Christ as Savior as we as we preach. So I'm I'm encouraged by it. I don't I don't think that those uh, structures of cultural Christianity as they diminish, diminish our ability or our effectiveness in
0: preaching the gospel. We've been talking about preaching trends in the Southern Baptist Convention with Professor and Pastor Dr. Stephen Rummage. Stephen, thank you for being with us today. It's
1: been my honor, Bear. God bless you.